0: Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of
0: DIY Money. DIY Money. We are back again. That's <laughs> cool. People are it. probably missing a point. We are, yeah.
1: People are probably like, get this guy off of there. Get Quint on there.
0: He's still around. He's just, yeah. He had a, well, yeah. He had a meeting last week, and then he's in meetings this morning. So, yeah. For the purpose of time, we just not, are knocking this out together. Yeah,
1: we're taking it out. So, what's new? What's new in Daniel's world? Hmm. I know Quint and I talked uh, recently. Well, you and I talked about fantasy, yeah. but uh, what's going on in in your kind of sports realm? I know you're getting close to like your real season of cycling. Yeah, I'm right? into
0: my really corny virtual racing series of cycling. So, uh, the fall is when. So, Quint and I talked last time we, we were on that I do what's called Zwifting, which is indoor cycle racing. Yep. It's just less prone to injuries and stuff like that. And I could do it but early in the morning before the sun's up and we uh, come into work and all that. So, uh, this week, the week that we're recording this, we launched our uh, our fall series uh Mm -hmm. race our tuesday morning fall series racing so uh doing that had a really strong first week so uh this particular series will run six weeks and then we get a two-week break and then we run six more weeks and then it's christmas and i'll eat everything under the sun that's fantastic christmas so yeah first uh first race went really well uh was able to score some points for the team so that's awesome and then, yeah, we'll see how it continues. That's but fantastic. Well, you, you were fun. just
1: telling me about a couple, uh, like last week or something, that you went and got like professionally done where they looked at all your yeah, data and analytics fitted, and stuff. Like yeah. a
0: real fitting because I've always just kind of guessed and done my own measurements and stuff. But, okay. yeah, a couple weeks ago, I went up to a great bike shop up in Cincinnati, uh, which sounds far away like when people know we're in Kentucky, but it's really just up the road. Yeah, I mean, Cincinnati like is like away. the most
1: Kentucky, Ohio place of all time. I yeah, feel and like the Cincinnati just...
0: airport is in Kentucky.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So,
0: whatever. Um, I don't know why they just don't call it like, I mean, it is called the Northern, like Cincinnati Northern Kentucky Airport, but everybody's always yeah. like, "It's the Cincinnati Airport." Yeah,
1: but it's in Kentucky, completely. It's like, like, it's, it's not North even State. it's not even that close to the river.
0: Yeah, whatever. Uh, so, <laughs> small things, right? Uh, <laughs> went up there and yeah, spent some time with uh, just an amazing regional bike fitter and uh, got some new measurements and been testing that out. And it was actually horrible. This is actually a good parallel into personal finance, right? Okay. So sometimes when you fix things in your life and you get them set up for what will be better in the long run. Mm-hmm. The transitionary growing pains are horrible. Yeah. So my I went up and I got like new measurements and stuff and I had to come back and adjust everything that I do locally. Not like by a ton, but a pretty good amount. I had to make some adjustments to my rig. And for the next 10 days... You were miserable. <laughs> I was miserable. I it's was like when sore. you get a new pair of shoes and it's just like, yeah. it just feels weird. There's and a you're... break in period. So and that applies to... Everything we talk about on the show, when you start doing your budgeting, when you start investing, when you all of that has these break-in periods that feel uncomfortable, they're transitionary, and sometimes it's not fun, but you have to kind of go, okay, the long-term benefit of doing it this way is going to outweigh the short-term discomfort. And so that's, I mean, I knew, like I was getting sore in areas that I hadn't been soaring for a while and it's because I was engaging and utilizing um you know muscles that I hadn't been, that I should be to stay well balanced and stuff like that. And so that's painful uh when you do yeah. that. But when you bring things back into balance and you kind of utilize your entire sort of abilities and scope properly, um in the long term, that's just going to make you Better overall, that's better balance, and then
1: you were beast mode in More your worthwhile. uh in your first race. So that's yeah, great. that was
0: fun. Okay. I just got to go full beast, and it was cool in the garage versus like eighty degrees oh, in the summer when I I'm love training. This so it's fantastic. Yeah, it's we finally like the stars aligned, and everything was. Perfect.
1: But well, you and I were talking this week. We have got to hold on to the fall weather because normally there's a cliff in the winter. We had a really nice... <laughs> cliff. We had a really nice weather this last week where it was like 75 every day. It was nice and cool and crisp in the morning, and there was like 75 every day. I want that for my wedding. Three weeks. We can make it. Sorry I'm late. I just got done taming a wild honeymoon stallion for you guys. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Well, we have a good question today from Joe, so let's get to it. D-I. Why? How are we doing, guys? My name is Joe, and I'm from the Grand State. There's been a lot of talk about the increasing cost to own a home due to rising mortgage rates and purchase prices in general. Additionally, many cities nationwide have seen record-level rent spikes, making renting look like an especially inefficient use of funds. With that in mind, how do you guys approach the rent versus buy debate? I don't love the narrative that real estate always goes up, but I want to be the rich dad and continue to buy assets and do so for a very long time. Thanks. I'm looking forward to more Bro Talk. So this is an interesting question when we talk about rent versus buy. I know we've touched on this many times before because, I mean, real estate is obviously one of the big pillars of, of folks' financial picture and financial life. You and I both rent right now. Um, I know you've had more experience with kind of debating and looking at, okay, renting versus buying and, and mm-hmm. what makes sense at the time. So I'm going to let you take kind of the first, the first stab at this. What, what are your thoughts for Joe?
0: Yeah, so I have in uh, our adult life as a family, we've been on both sides of the equation. So we rented our first, I don't know, at least our first year or two of marriage, something like that. Yeah. Anyhow, then we started looking at buying because that's what you do when you grow up, right? So you, you kind of you get married and then eventually you buy a house because it's the American thing to do. And so we started looking at that time. We lived in Las Vegas at the time. And so we were looking at a very uh, competitive housing market okay at that point in time uh, we actually found things that we liked that in theory we were told that we could afford and buy uh back then so you know mortgage brokers would be like oh yeah you could totally afford eight hundred thousand dollars or something like that oh my goodness i mean we couldn't but they told us that we could yeah um we kind of had we ran the numbers we knew what we were comfortable knowing we could afford uh and for some re- uh for some reason which we know later the financial crisis, for some reason, the mortgage brokers would consistently tell us we could afford two to three times more than what we calculated we could actually afford, which was obscene. Uh, It was totally crazy. Uh, And it's why the entire financial system collapsed about two years later. But we were looking for houses at that time. And every time we found something we liked, uh, we would go to bid on it. And they're like, sorry, we've already got five offers and we've accepted one. Um, Or things would come up. And then they would be gone in a a day or two. Uh, And then at the peak of it, not even a day. Like, I mean, things would just pop on and off right away. But what was happening back then during the housing crisis, especially in um, California, Las Vegas, and and some other key markets, was uh, people were lining up at new home developments, like it was the Apple Store, when they would release like a new track, like a new phase or section of the homes. They were they were buying them as like a second home or property or whatever because they knew by the time the house was actually completed, it would have gone up enough that they could then sell it for profit. So like these new sections of, of uh, new home areas were like selling out instantly, like within the first hour of kind of opening. Uh, and this was yeah. just like lots with no home on it yet, the potential to build a house kind of thing. It was nuts. If you and if you've ever watched the movie The Big Short, you I understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean um, that is
1: that is mandatory viewing in our office. Yeah, so. there's
0: there's a bit colorful uh, elements true. to it. That's true. First of all, a great show today. You were terrific. Thank you. Your big mouth was a revelation. I appreciate that. Yeah, not a recommendation necessarily on the nature of some of the whether it's language or themes, but the the I, it shows a great insight into the financial crisis, I think, and kind of what happened behind the scenes. If you don't understand any of the terms in there, look them up on Investopedia and learn because it's really important. So anyhow, that's the environment that we as young married couple tried to buy into. And eventually we just got discouraged and frustrated and we're like, we, this is pointless. Uh, We've liked, I don't know, eight or nine homes. They were all highly competitive and we couldn't do it. So the nail in the coffin for us was we were renting an apartment for eight hundred and fifty bucks. It was a one bedroom, small apartment. Beautiful, it was up in the foothills of Las Vegas. You could look over and see the entire like you could out of our window, you can see the entire Vegas wow. Valley. It was beautiful. I would That's move fantastic. back into it again if we didn't have kids. Literally one block up the street from it, you could see it out of our window. It was, I mean, you just walk across the street and you were there. They were at the height of the sort of real estate funk, uh, everything that was going on. They built these amazing lofts. Granted they were like two-story, and they had beautiful like floor-to-ceiling windows and all that. The base model for those went for a million dollars. Holy. Across God. the street from our 850-a-month apartment with the exact same view and everything. Granted, their pool was probably nicer. Oh my and goodness. their windows were nicer, and they had like nicer counters A in the kitchen. Dollars.
1: And you're paying eight fifty, and we're
0: paying eight fifty across the street for the exact same view. Uh, so as the housing crisis unwound, uh, they didn't even finish that property. Like they, it plummeted. People backed out of their you know uh, willingness to buy it, and it wow. sat there unbuilt for I don't know if it's even finished yet. Um, all that to say, um, in any market there there are times where there's like this peak fervor that frustrates people and they eventually decide not to participate and then that kind of gradually unwinds so that was our first experience with housing why do you rent yeah now. so i i'm kind
1: of in your initial stage right mm-hmm. now so i uh graduated college a few years ago i'm getting married here in the in the next you know oh my goodness three weeks so um crunch we, we are kind of at the stage where we don't know exactly where we want to be as far as Do we want to live in the city? And we don't know exactly what we want yet, and we kind of are just now starting our relationship. So there is a component to what the market looks like right now, which buying a home seems, especially in, I mean, I don't know, especially in our area, but in Lexington, it'd be very difficult for us in our financial situation to purchase a home right now and to put 20% down, um, and the payments would would be higher than what we'd want it to. But also, we want the flexibility to decide where we really want to be before we kind of make that commitment in in purchasing a home.
0: Yeah, I like that. And that's part of the reason, part of the reason, really, why we rented when we moved from the outside surrounding area into Lexington. Um, We knew Lexington really well by then and kind of the areas that we normally go to, but we wanted to get a feel for, okay, living actually in the city now that our office was in Lexington and stuff like that. Where are the areas that we truly do congregate on a regular basis? What do we like, dislike, traffic patterns? All those things go into where you want to live long term. It's not just, hey, that house has a great kitchen, right? uh, So I want to buy it, and then you find out that you hate your commute every day of your life. Exactly. Is I mean, those are important qualitative considerations. So, So, this is an important factor when it comes to the housing. There is qualitative, which is not the numbers in the spreadsheets, right? It's how that housing decision really impacts your life and lifestyle. And that could actually be things like your commute. It could be the neighborhood that you live in. It could be what you can't do or can do because of the house that you choose to buy. Mm -hmm. So you can travel more or less because of what you're paying, et cetera. Then there's all of the quantitative. Can you afford it? Um, interest rates, savings, things like that doesn't make sense. So, Joe, I'm actually going to walk you through how we approached the decision when we moved into Lexington. Besides the qualitative, the actual quantitative, kind of how we decided that, because uh, we take our family takes the same stance as you. We don't buy a house with the expectation of making loads of money, right? So, yes, housing, real estate, property, etc tends to go up over time over the long run, as do most assets that can have a cash flow. So that includes things like stocks, right? So when you invest in a company, it has cash flow that can grow over time. Therefore, the actual value of that company can potentially, and the value of stocks as a whole over the long run, grows over time. Yep. Because they have cash flow that can increase and grow over time. Let me walk you through, Joe, uh, what we as a family, and I'll, I'll share with you actual numbers, because it'll help it make sense how we analyze this um, as a family when we moved into Lexington. So we had sold a house. uh, So we got a little bit of cash from that, right? We sold a sort of a starter house in the sort of next door town, Mm -hmm. county, whatever you want to call it here in Lexington. And we moved into Lexington. At the time, uh, there were houses uh, for both sale and rent. the market was fairly calm at the time, but we didn't want to kind of lock into a community. So uh, we wanted to rent for a little bit. And part of the reason was the rental rates versus the purchase rates were seemed to me favorable at the time. Okay. Right. So interest rates at that point in the housing market, I'm gonna say were three and a half to three point seven five. Okay. Roughly. I I don't have this written down somewhere, but uh if we go back, I think that's roughly about where they let's were. use three and a half percent. I think that's good. easy. The house that we settled on eventually renting uh, the market price of that house, if we had bought it, it would have cost about two hundred and eighty thousand dollars. Okay, okay, this was before the pandemic craziness. So, uh, people who are like, you can't find a house for two eighty. That's part of that is why. Also, we kind of we we didn't trade massively up when we moved into Lexington. We kind of tried to keep things reasonable, right? So, two eighty for some folks, you're going to say, wow, that's a really expensive house. For some folks, you'd be like, there's nothing. Besides a cardboard box in my yeah. town for two eighty, yeah. so again, it's all very local. So that house would have gone for two eighty. Uh, if we looked at putting twenty percent down, that would have cost us two eighty times twenty percent, fifty six thousand. Yeah, so mm-hmm. fifty six thousand uh, out of pocket or out of our previous house sale, right? Whatever the case may be in your instance, but fifty six thousand in opportunity cost because that's cash that would have come out of say savings or investment accounts and it would have gone into the equity of our house. And then it's just growing at whatever rate the house grows at. Right. So mm-hmm. maybe that's two, three percent, five percent, fifteen percent in the current market, maybe. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. Holy moly. Uh but whatever that equity, you know, year over year increase, that's basically what you're getting on that cash, plus you're leveraging with debt the other element of the, the real estate growth. But we won't touch on that quite yet, right? So we lose the fifty six thousand, it's kind of locked up in the house. Uh we take on a mortgage for three and a half percent ish. Uh, our payment on just the mortgage, not including the insurance and taxes, is, you told me this earlier. Yeah, it's
1: like $1,010. Yes. Now, we're not super geniuses and just like did that math in our head. We Googled mortgage calculator. Just make that pencil move as fast as your mind does.
0: Yeah, Logan math. has his computer in front of him, so I made him actually do it. So that's about what it would have cost us just for the principal and interest payments on a mortgage back then. Taxes in our area... Uh, would have added another about three hundred and sixty dollars a month on that property, and then insurance. I'm guessing would be about a hundred and fifty. I sh- shouldn't do all that in my head, but a hundred and ten, sixteen twenty plus what did I say three fifty plus a hundred and fifty. It's about fourteen fifty to fifteen hundred. Okay, right. Total all in monthly cost to have purchased that house back when we moved up here in the pre-pandemic environment, right? We were able to negotiate a lease on that house for $1,450 when we first moved in. Okay. Okay. So the lease on the house was pretty much equal to what we would have uh, paid in a payment. So there's two schools of thought there. One school of thought goes, uh, well, you can basically get the equity and appreciation for the rental payment. That's awesome. True. Uh, so that's one school of thought. And if that's a school of thought you want to run with, then it could have been a good opportunity. Right. Um, however, we would have then had to lock up cash that otherwise during this time period was able to grow in other investment areas. Yeah. Right. Um, so there's that, you know, uh, cash that is available. Plus, we would have had to take on a, to get the reward of equity appreciation. We would have to take on the risk of maintenance. And everything that comes with the house, HVAC roof, whatever it is. And flash forward uh, the couple years that we've been there and the landlord has had to replace the air conditioner uh, in our house. Uh, He's had to replace in the house next to us that that he rented um, air conditioner and uh, water heater. Um, He's had to call maintenance, you know, people out for various little things that have happened along the way uh, to maintain various things. Uh, I would say that the other air conditioner unit at any time probably needs to be replaced. So there's a lot of things there. Um, and now obviously I'm sharing like the two, like one of the biggest systems in your houses that can right. go out. Right. So uh, assuming you're moving into a house that just had something like that replaced, maybe it's not an issue, but the roof at some point will need to be replaced. All of these things have wear and tear um, and need to be sort of upgraded and updated, et cetera. So that, cost of owning that house would not have been exactly the cost of renting it because there would have been ancillary stuff. Yep, um, We would have been painting the house more often, fixing things up during the pandemic when everybody ran to Lowe's and Home Depot and stuff. Um, so there would, there would have been a lot more, probably hundreds of dollars a month that would have gone into owning that. So in our instance, we looked at those numbers and said, we can sort of be okay for this period of time renting it because the cost actually seems to be significantly better uh, mm-hmm. to rent it. So now if that equation was flipped and the cost of renting was hundreds of dollars a month higher than the cost of getting a mortgage and buying, uh, then we would have gotten a mortgage and bought and people might go, well, that'll never happen. Well, actually, I mean, that's what happened after the last housing crisis. Mm-hmm. And the reason we bought a house was because having a mortgage was actually cheaper than renting, than renting back then. Yeah. And so it made perfectly good sense to buy. uh, But that's not the case right now. And so we waited. Uh, In hindsight, during the pandemic was probably a decent time to buy because nobody wanted to. And then property obviously shot up from there. Uh, We have kept looking. And in the last year, the market was very similar to our sort of flashbacks to Vegas when we were looking at houses there Mm -hmm. and everybody being competitive and putting lots of bids and bidding over. And we hate making a decision in that environment yep. um, because so it doesn't like, seem prudent. you're like, no way. <laughs> <We're> like, <laughs> no. We could be totally wrong, and we could lose money, uh, you know, perceive we could lose money in the long run, but it's just not great. So I would say that's a l- really long, exampled way of saying one of the ways to look at whether or not the rent or buy decision makes sense is if you had to move out of this house and you could not sell this house, you know, in the current market. What could you rent the house for yep because at the end of the day if you're going to look at real estate as an asset you have to look at it at the cash as the cash flow that it could bring it so if you are buying that house and then all of a sudden something happens a year or two you have to leave and you cannot get the cash flow via rent uh, Airbnb whatever it is out of it that you need to cover all of your costs and make some profit then that means that renting is probably the better yeah, option you should rent. because Correct. the rents are lower than the cost of actually uh, maintaining the house and having profit. So my example is a really long way of getting back to that. What say you Logan?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to belabor the point too much because one, we're at a 25 minute episode and two, Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Uh, Daniel crushed sorry, everybody. that. And, and Daniel has a lot of experience with this. So I think it, how important it is to run the numbers and really look at um, what happens. I mean, I have calls a lot of the time with different clients and we talk about all of the numbers a lot of the time, but you also have to think about the psychology of what is going on so if you had to move out of the house like you said, are you able to cover the cost so you kind of mix those two if are you just buying a house to buy a house and it's not really in the area you want it's not really um, you know a good distance from work it doesn't meet the criteria that you're doing. I wouldn't say just buy a house to buy a house. You really have to look at the numbers, but you also have to look at the the qualitative side too. And right now in this environment, the cost of owning is going up with these interest rates. Your interest Mm -hmm. rates are at over 6%. I think they just cracked again. Um, So your cost of your mortgage payment is going up. So just being able to look at both sides and make sure that you don't fall into the trap of you have to buy. Because there is going to be people throughout your life that say, you need to own real estate, you need to buy this, you need to buy a bigger house now, whatever it is, and making sure that you're really focusing on those different aspects and um, and meeting the criteria that's right for you in that specific situation.
0: Yeah, it's not an easy decision. Uh, Rents will start going up because interest rates are going up. So landlords that have variable interest rate mortgages, things like that, will start to have higher costs. Uh, Plus, there's higher costs of materials, maintenance, et cetera. So yes, rents will start to go up now. Uh, What's going to happen though is uh, if, in my opinion, uh, I could be totally wrong. um, What could happen is with higher mortgage rates, people can afford less house. They're less apt to bid significantly over um, asking price for houses in a lot of markets now, and they might have to take a wait and see approach or things like that. And so you kind of have, the demand sort of dry up a little bit, which means inventory will stay on the market longer, buyers will have a little bit more uh, to choose from, and the market's going to equalize. The market could also go to a point, especially if the stock, stock market were to continue to deteriorate, inflation were to keep up, and consumers just, their sentiment decreases, where real estate declines You know, a good bit. It doesn't crash necessarily, but You know, come normalizes compared to the incredible uh, ascent it's had over the last two years. And we see prices come down, you know, a good, I mean, if prices came down, say, between eight and 10%, not saying that'll happen, but if they did, that's a significant savings in the purchase price of your home. And we're still having given up the entire pandemic run in real estate. Yeah. So So what you're
1: saying basically is it might be beneficial to wait right now and evaluate the market over the near term because. Generally, this is not always, but generally, real estate and the stock market are correlated to
0: some degree I mean not some extent. not one to one, but on a large economic level
1: yeah on right. a, on kind of when you're looking at the whole economy and we've seen the market at least soften from twenty twenty loan levels where there's fifty thousand dollar bids over everything. now we're at least making it to open houses, but I think that it's important to not get caught up in. I have to buy now, is is what we're saying.
0: Yeah, but I would start, if you're in, whether it's Joe or somebody else who's kind of moving towards that, they're starting a family, they're outgrowing their current place, I would start shoring up your financial life and being ready, making sure you have the cash available for down payments, making sure you're running the numbers at various interest rates, because interest rates will continue to change, what you can afford, what that means, you know, be looking, be creative, Um, because whether or not housing prices come down, we're going into an interesting environment as far as housing and rents altogether go. Because rents rents will probably continue to go up. Housing prices may or may not go down. Interest rates may go up or down from here. But a lot of people who are probably looking and waiting to buy a house are going to be facing those decisions here in the near future because of the way that rent prices will probably be dynamic, pretty dynamic, and potentially volatile going forward.
1: Good. That's great. Uh, I might be a little too on the nose but get your financial house in order. Okay. That's pretty uh, much the summary. We, Sorry for
0: going so long. We try to keep these at Yeah, 15. we this it is this probably the longest episode up. I've been on,
1: but this was good. We got we got hopefully we answered your question Joe. Um, and we're going to wrap it up here, but the secret to wealth guys is really very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one.